you worship whatever you put ultimate value on. Whatever you feel like you have to have for life and security, your marriage, your kids, your money, your job. For many of us, that thing is money, and so you fall on your face and you cling to it and you surrender to do what it says and shows the utmost respect to it. Jesus wants to be our primary source of significance and security. All right, give the Lord a hand this morning, will you? Got a lot of empty, yeah, praise God. Got some empty, empty seats here, so everybody go out and go get one more person and bring back with you. Huh? How would that be? That'd be good, wouldn't it? Boy, it's a little, um, I feel like it's pretty solemn in here this morning, and I really believe the Holy Spirit is just really working mightily in, in our midst this morning. So I'm, I'm excited about that. And the great music this morning, y'all agree with that? Praise God. That was all for him and for our worship to him. So great music this morning, great set of songs and, and, and uh, great vocals this morning. Joanne, just crazy, crazy beautiful. She's got a song released on, on CCLI now. Joanne does, so you can get Google up on that and get, get a hold of that, okay? All right, open your Bibles to uh, Joshua, will you please? And this morning we're going to start off our, our, our series for this year, and so the whole year we're talking about We Care, and so we're going to be talking about that, about that this morning and what this year is going to look like, but um, We Care, and that's our theme for 2017. And um, you know, the truth is, is it's, 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 it's no fun being a spectator, is it? You know, um, it's not a whole lot of fun. You don't get everything out of it when you just watch something being done. And so we care. And, and so what we're saying this morning is, is uh, this is a call for all of us to not be a spectator with the mission of this church, but to go all in with what the Lord wants us to do as a church and to follow him through everything that he takes us to this year. Everybody say amen. And that's what we want to do. And we care about others. We care about the lost. We care about God's word. We care about being generous, about obedience, about God's will, well, about his will, and much, much more. And uh, before we get started this morning, I, I want to show you this trailer. And uh, on Sunday night, starting next week, and of course during the week, we're starting our small groups back up, our base groups. And they meet during the week. And so, men, you, you got those base cards. Let's pass those out to everybody this morning, please. And if you would, we're going to be placing the we're going to be passing the plate back after the services. We want you to hand in these base cards registration. Just start handing them out. Everybody needs one. Now, look, if you've signed up online already for a base class, then don't fill out a card. You've already done it. But if you haven't signed up yet, um, there's just put your name and all your information on there. Flip the thing back over, and it's gonna, it has a list of the base groups that you can join. And so we want everyone to be in a base group. Everyone needs to be in a base group. All right. If you don't enter and sign up for a base group, you're going to have bad luck in the year 2017. You're going to have flat tires and you're going to go broke if you don't sign up for a base class. All right. Now, I'm not cursing you. I'm just telling you, we want you in the base class. All right. Everybody needs to be in one because what we're wanting to do, you know, we're wanting to grow as a church. Everybody say amen. Our vision is to care and we care about people. We care about one another. We care about the lost. You know why? Because Jesus does. And we're supposed to be his light to this world. Everybody, right? And so we care. We want to grow together. We want to take we want to take Sunday morning and make that our core group of people, the strong group of people who cares, who witnesses to others, who's a who's who's a good witness to other people and how they in their lifestyle. We want to grow and we want to disciple and we want to be discipled in Jesus Christ. So please, please, please sign up for this base group and we're our our base 
is starting off, it's called, it's called I Will. Watch this trailer with me real quick, and then we'll get started in Joshua chapter 5. Every week I felt challenged by my pastor. I felt encouraged by small group. I felt motivated by the message, no complaints. But after a while, things changed. I felt like I was coasting. Church felt just so routine. I wasn't getting much out of church anymore. Was it someone else's fault? My pastor? My small group? Was it me? I was stuck in a rut. God showed me my attitude was all wrong. And slowly started to change me. I had quit serving. Church had become all about me and my needs, rather than God and His glory. I began to sit back and let everyone else serve. But by His grace, by His grace, by His grace, the Lord changed my attitude from I want to I will. I will. I will. All right. It's going to be a, it's going to be a great lesson. It's going to be great discipleship. So we hope to see everybody in one. Okay. And uh, and some of our groups meet in homes. Some of them meet here. Some of them meet during the week. Some meet most meet on Sunday night. There's child care. On Sunday evenings from uh, five from five o'clock to seven o'clock. All right, so make sure you so no excuses, no excuses. All right, and we're going to have a good time doing that. Okay, your Bibles are open to Joshua, and uh, we care. And um, now for us to care, we have to do four important things this year, and that's what we're going to share with you this morning. We need to do four important things. Everybody, listen. We need to surrender. We sung about that, and boy, I love that song. We need to surrender all. Because number two is that when we do surrender, what happens is then we're able to follow Jesus. It's no more of us um, trying to do what we want to do in our own strength, but when we follow him, we can get great things done. Everybody say amen. And then number three is that we have to worship. And number four, get this, we win. Hey, did you know the Bible says that we win? We win. We win. Jesus Christ is alive and he's well, and he says that we win. We win. Cornerstone wins, but... But what are we doing to make sure that we know that we win? I mean, you know, are we going to have part of that victory? But you've got to surrender, and you've got to follow, and you've got to worship, and understanding that we win. Look with me at Joshua chapter 5. Now, this is a very um, 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 wide-known text, and we've probably preached on it before, but starting in verse 13. Now, let me set the context to you. Okay, remember, Israel was in bondage to, to Egypt. you remember that? And for hundreds and hundreds of years, they were the slaves of the Egyptians. Moses went and he rescued them out of that. He brought them through. They crossed the Red Sea. They went to the wilderness. They wandered. They didn't. They come to the Jordan. They, they, they didn't do it right. And so they had to go back and wander for 40 years in the wilderness. And then now this is where we're at. Now, now, now they've come across the Jordan after the 40 years. Now get this. During that 40 years... All the former generations has, has, has had passed away. And so there is a new generation of people. And all of the males were not circumcised yet. Remember, for Jewish, you needed to be circumcised. And they weren't circumcised. And so as soon as they come across the Jordan River, um, Moses, Moses commanded, Joshua commanded, that all of the males be circumcised. Now, 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 follow me with me on this just for a second. Here's all the males. Here's the ones, and they're, they're, they're in this, the land of the enemy. They're in the land of the enemy. 
They're, what they're supposed to do is to cross that Jordan, go in and start taking out their enemies one by one and taking over the land that God had promised them. And so here they are. They come over the Jordan, and they're, and they're commanded for all the males to be circumcised. That's great faith, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, can you imagine that? These guys are laid up for two or three days. They can't fight. They got to depend on the Lord. You see it? You see what's going on here? And so, and so but now in this context, Moses has, had, has, has, has died, and, and the leadership has been turned over to Joshua. And their first thing to do is, is they're supposed to go into Jericho and take Jericho. Jericho was a great city. It was, it was, um, it was fortified like Fort Knox. It had 20-foot walls, two sets of walls, and they were 12 inches thick. And, and so now we get to our text, and let's pick up in verse 13. It says, Now it came about when Jesus was by Jericho. Okay? So, so this is the first place they're supposed to take out. And, 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 and what I kind of what I get here is, is that... Um, um, I don't know really about Joshua, but I would, I would have been pretty nervous. So I'm thinking here that, you know, he couldn't sleep and he was kind of nervous about the day and about Jericho and he kind of just got up and he meandered over there. And notice what happens here. Um, it says, it came about when Joshua was by Jericho that he lifted up his eyes and looked. And behold, a man was standing opposite him with his sword drawn in his hand and Joshua went to him and said to him, Are you for us or are you our, or our adversary? Now, now, Joshua was a better man than me. Because if that was me and I saw this guy standing up there, uh, I would have ran away. <laughs> you, know, you, know, it's, you, know, you know, so just write it right here in the margin of your Bible. Uh, Joshua is a Navy SEAL, all right? He, he's the Chuck Norris of the Old Testament. And uh, but so he go, he goes to him and he says he says are you for us or are you against us? And the guy's got his sword out, and he says are you for us or against us? Not me. I would have been running away, but not Joshua. He said are you for us or against us? Now look at now look at the next verse, and he said no. I love this. Rather I indeed come now. Look at it as captain of the host of the Lord, and Joshua. Fell on, his fa- fell on his face to the earth and bowed down and said to him, What has my Lord to say to his servant? Well, I got goosebumps. And the captain of the Lord, Lord's host said to Joshua, Remove your sandals from your feet, for the place where you are standing is holy. And Joshua did so. Who is this guy standing outside of Jericho with his sword drawn? Well, it gives us a couple of hints in there. Um, this Lord of hosts, it's not talking about an angel because, because Jewish people were never to worship or bow down to angels. So what we know from the evidence here is that what this is called is an Old Testament theophany. That is, is that God made himself visible in human form before the nativity scene. That person standing on the hill was none other than Jesus Christ himself. And what does it say is that Joshua, he bowed down 
and, 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 and worship this Lord. Now, I want you to notice four things that took place here in this story. And this is how we, what we need to have for every day of our lives. And as we're setting the tone for this year in 2017 and for the rest of the year, these are really four things that all of us must have. You know, we're going through a building program, and I know that you're getting a little anxious just like I am. Why haven't we started yet? What's going on? You know, what's the new information? Well, we don't have anything because God's not ready yet, apparently. But we're trying to get those answers for you, and hopefully next week we'll have some information for you. But but four things we need to have as we go forward. Number one is that we are to surrender. Notice um, he doesn't come as someone to get onto our side. Notice he asked a question, are you for us or against us? And his reply was, no. So, so here's the application I want us to make is that we need to surrender. But I think we think that Jesus Christ is someone to come get on our side. I remember raising my three girls and, my, and not so much my boy, but my three girls. They would always come home and they maybe complain about their friends or complain about their teacher or complain about their youth pastor or something. And I remember that when they'd come home and complain, they would say, and I would, I would, I would, I would answer them back, but it's, it wasn't what they wanted to hear. And so what they would always tell me is, is, oh, dad, you're never on my side. Anybody heard that before? Raise your hand. Come on, raise your hand. Oh, dad, you're, you're never, <laughs> that's one of my daughters over there, Will. I bet you hear it all the time. Yeah, yeah, my, me and my wife did a good job training those kids up. But, uh, but, uh, but, you know, they would often say, you know, you're never on my side. And I would tell them, I'm a good parent. I'm just not going to take your side just because you want me to say something which you want to hear. I'm going to be a good parent. Listen to me, Cornerstone Baptist Church. God didn't, didn't die on the cross. He didn't live a perfect life and raise from the grave just to be what you want him to be. He's not a lucky charm. He's not a rabbit's foot. He's not some kind of idol. He is King of kings. He is Lord of lords. He is Jesus Christ. And listen, when he comes, he is, he's not going to be the one that you make him to be. He wants you to surrender to him. Surrender everything to him. Surrender to him like Joshua did. He bowed before him. And, and, I mean, he had a sword out. God wants us to surrender everything and all things to him. It's a surrender. Now, as we follow this thought about surrender, think with me about this just for a minute. This is, you know, you know, thanking God just to come to be on your side. This is completely the wrong way of, re- of approaching Jesus Christ for two reasons. Number one is you can never bargain your way into salvation or a relationship with him. But I think that's a lot of times what we do, isn't it? We bargain with them. Well, God, if you'll do this, I'll do that. I'll do this and I'll do that. But look, salvation is something Jesus did for you by living a perfect life, the life you should have lived, and then dying on a cross and the death that you should have died, and he did it in your place. Listen, Jesus is the commander of the universe. He's not someone to get on your side. Here it is. He is someone to whom you surrender to. Surrender to. So here's my question. How do you approach God? How do you approach God? Not are you doing enough to get him on your side or have him as a lucky charm or just to fight on your behalf when it's convenient. But here it is, Cornerstone. Have you enlisted yourself as his soldier? That's surrender. Have you enlisted yourself as 
his soldier. You know, Jesus' mission was and is to save sinners and make disciples and build his church. And the most important question is not, is God on your side, but have you surrendered to his mission and to his agenda? Listen, have you surrendered to his mission and his agenda? His mission is to save souls. Have you surrendered to that? Cornerstone, I'm your pastor and I love you. And I've just got to tell you the important things of life is that we have to surrender. But have we surrendered to his agenda? Have we surrendered to his agenda of worshiping him, of him being our security? Have we surrendered our finances to him? Have we surrendered our hope to him? Have we surrendered our peace to him? Are we truly surrendered or are we just that kind of Christian who says, I got you in my back pocket. You're a lucky charm. But is there truly surrender? You get it? There's a difference. And I really feel in my heart, everybody listen, and I'm just, let the Holy Spirit speak to you. But, but I, I, I think we, we, just, we get just enough of Jesus to satisfy and, and, and we don't go on and to receive everything that he has to give us. And the real reason is, is because we lack true surrender. True surrender. Y'all agree with that? I think we truly lack surrender. Well, God, I don't have enough money to tithe. And, you know, I really don't see, you know, this, this whole tithing thing in the New Testament. And, and I, it's just not for me. Is that true surrender? Well, you know, I think I'll go to the football game today instead of going to church. Um, well, you know, I got things better I can do than going to a base group. You know, is that really surrender? Is it truly surrender? Is that going to get the agenda done of Jesus Christ? Is that going to get his mission accomplished on this earth? Because listen to me, that's why we're here. I hope that's why we're here. And I just want us to get it that this is the reason that we're here. And we've got to be surrendered to his agenda, to his mission. If we're just wanting to play church, then we're going to be some sad people when eternity starts. You hear me? Let me tell you how the cow eats the cabbage here. There's got to be total surrender total surrender. It's not mine, it's his. That's total surrender. It's not that I'm going to do this, what's left over, what's convenient, what's easy. We've got to surrender. Surrender says we do the hard things. You know, we're going through a building program and we're starting it. And I really believe as your pastor, through all the prayers that I've been praying and us as a leadership team, the building team, is, is I think part of the reason we haven't started yet is because God wants us to put something in this thing. And God wants us to get to a place where we'll put something into this thing. You hear me? And, 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 and that's going to take total surrender. 2017 is going to take total surrender of Cornerstone. Look, God doesn't have to have your money or your time or all those other things, but, but he deserves it. He, he could do it different ways, but he wants to build this thing not through us. Well, he wants to build it through us. He doesn't want us to do it. He wants to do it through us. Does that make sense, everybody? That's what he wants to do, and it's got to be total surrender, Total surrender. You know, I, I look here at, um, at Joshua, and um, he's looking at Jericho. And sometimes life looks fortified like that, doesn't it? I mean, you know, I'm a parent of, of, of 15 or... No, I'm just kidding. I'm a parent of four kids, and, 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 and I, I know how hard life can get. And it's just like the walls of Jericho. They're 20 foot high, and they're 12 foot thick. And there's two walls. And how in the world are we going to do this? Well, it starts with surrender. I mean, here, here's Joshua. He, he goes to Jericho, and, he's, and he gets up. He can't sleep one night, and he gets out there, and he walks around, and, and he says, how in the world am I going to do this? 
and he looks over to his right, and right before him appears Jesus Christ, the, the Lord of hosts. And for them to get that job done, what did he have to do first? He had to surrender it. He bowed before Jesus, and he surrendered it. Number two, we got to follow. we got to follow. God is going to be the one doing the fighting in the battle. Now, if you read in further into the story, you know, he, he doesn't really need Joshua to fight the battle for, for him. He is going to use Joshua in the battle, but that's fundamentally different. He has to follow. Now, what he is going to tell Joshua to do, and you can read this when you get home. You can read the rest of the story of Jericho, but it's very strange. Um, Joshua was to take his band of, of followers, and they were to go around Jericho seven times and on the seventh time they made that they made that trip around they were supposed to yell and trump their horns and then god would 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 push the walls down and then they would go in you see god really didn't need him to go around those walls and didn't really need him to yell and really didn't need him to trump those horns but here's the thing cornerstone is, is, is God wanted to, wanted to do it through them. And, and, and Cornerstone, God wants to use us to build his kingdom of heaven. Everybody say amen. But we've got to follow. We've got to follow. Um, you know, another example of that is, um, you know, that he invites us to follow him, you know, as he fights the battle through us. And we just have to be surrendered to follow. But we see this again in Acts chapter 1 after Jesus gives a great, great commission to the disciples, which he says to them, he says, go into all the world and preach the gospel and make disciples of all nations. Do you remember the first thing he told them to do? Go and wait. Go and wait. Why? Because he wanted them to understand that they wouldn't build the church for him, that he would build it through them. You know, did Jesus say, uh, you will build my church and the gates of hell shall not, will not prevail against it? No, Jesus said that I will, that he will build the church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. This makes such a huge difference in how we approach the mission of God. And the question is not, how do we approach the mission and save the world? The, que- the question is simply, what has the Holy Spirit given me to do? Now, follow me on this. What has the Holy Spirit given me to do? What gifts has he given to me? What is he leading me to do? And our job is just to follow and obey. Whatever it may be, whatever it may be, whatever it is that you're going to, that you that you give, whatever it is that your service that you do, whatever the gift that God has given you, you just got to follow and do. You've got to surrender and you've got to follow. Now, I looked this up, and the Holy Spirit shows up 59 places in the Book of Acts. 59 times in the Book of Acts, the Holy Spirit. In 36 of those, he is speaking and guiding them and leading them in mission, speaking through them. And so the question here for us is this, is he speaking to you and guiding you in ministry? If not, are you walking with the Holy Spirit? If you're not following the Holy Spirit's leadership or if the Holy Spirit's not telling you anything, then you're not following the Holy Spirit. We've got to follow Now, number three, number three, but back on follow real quick here. 
do you believe what Acts chapter 4, I know we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, but do, you, do we believe what Acts chapter 4 verse 12 says? That there's no other name which a man is called to be saved except by the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you all believe that? Then you've got to follow. We've got to surrender and we've got to follow. If we believe that, then there's, then, there's, then there's nothing too high or nothing too hard. We'll surrender and we'll follow. And as we listen to the Holy Spirit in our lives, look, if we believe that, then we'll do that. So the question is, is are you listening and are you following the Holy Spirit? Number three is worship. You know, we, we see that this year that we know we're going to have to surrender and we know that we have to follow, and a lot of times we have to die to ourselves daily for those two things. But number three is that we have to worship. And we see that when Joshua sees Jesus, it, he immediately hits the ground, and he verbalizes his surrender, and then he takes off his shoes. And that's an Old Testament sign of deep respect and something holy. Now, that's God's first and primary agenda for us, and that is to worship. Why? Why is that? It's because God wants, us to sh- God wants us to show his worth. He wants us to show his worth of what it is to us. That's meaning, what it means is that he is to be number one. Worship is saying that he is number one. What he's after is our hearts. And look, you worship whatever you put ultimate value on. Whatever you feel like you have to have for life and security your marriage, your kids, your money, your job. For many of us, that thing is money, and so you fall on your face and you cling to it and you surrender to do what it says and shows the utmost utmost respect to it. Jesus wants to be our primary source of significance and security. He needs to be number one. And so if what he is seeking and what we need to give to him is worship because, because we've got to know that, it's, that our security is going to come from him, not from money, not from a job. And my wife's security ultimately comes from Jesus Christ, not from me. Listen, and, and that shows worship. God wants our worship. Let me ask you, are you worshiping God like that? Are you worshiping him, him, him like that? He wants our worship. He wants our worship. And the last one, number four, we are going to win. When Jesus encounters Jesus, he has his sword raised. And uh, it says uh, the raised sword of Jesus, it means um, that he is ready to fight. Hey, listen, everybody. Can you imagine that? Jesus was, was, was by Jericho. His sword, that, that meant that he was ready to fight. Has Jesus ever started something that he never finished? Has he always won everything that he set out to do? He wants to build this church. He wants to save sinners. We've got to surrender. We've got to follow. We've got to worship him. In other words, he's got to be priority number one. And if we do, we're going to win. Amen, everybody? Give the Lord a hand. In Matthew chapter 28, you know, he says, he says, all authority is given to me in heaven and in earth, therefore go. <laughs> Essentially, when he says that verse, he's got his sword raised because Jesus doesn't lose. Great sacrifices for the great commission come from great confidence that Jesus will do what he said he's going to do. He's got his mighty sword raised. 
Let me ask you this in closing. Do you realize how short this life is that you and I have? Only just one shot at it? Everybody, we're almost done here. You realize that? We've only got one shot to make an impact on eternity. And do you really, do you really believe what the gospel says about eternity? Cornerstone, his sword is drawn. We win, and it's going to be worth it. So my question to you is, is that are you in? With this vision, with his mission, with his agenda, and are you willing to surrender to, to surrender and follow and worship and ultimately win? Do you really believe Jesus is the preeminent one? Do you really believe that he is God and he is the only one who can save people? Do you really believe that? Then we got to prove it in our mission, in his mission and agenda. We have to live our lives for, from the perspective of eternity. And I want you to think of, I want you to think about this just for a minute. Think about that from, a, from eternity. What do you think that after you die, five minutes after you die, what you're going to be thinking of? Huh. We've got to surrender, we've got to follow. We've got to worship, and listen, we win. 2017 is going to be a great year. Everybody say amen. amen. We're going to get our new building, and we're going to see souls saved, but we've got to care. We've got to, we've got to care, and if we're going to care, we've got to surrender, we've got to follow, and we've got to worship, and we've got to know that victory is ours in Jesus Christ, that we just have to follow him, and that he's going to do it through us in no other way. Amen? Now let's bow our heads just for a minute, and let's think about that. And John and Team, why don't y'all come on up, please? With our heads bowed, and let's pray together. Father, we do love you, and we thank you for Jesus Christ. And Lord, I, I just pray this morning that maybe there's some that's on the fence with, uh, with um, their salvation. Maybe they got it in their mind. Maybe they got a you know, just a little bit of information about Jesus. And so intellectually, they think they've got it, but in their hearts, there's never been a complete surrender to salvation. Lord, I pray this morning for that person that if they're not truly saved, that they'll come forward and accept Jesus Christ as personal Savior. That, Lord, maybe they're, they're kind of that, like that person that we talked about early on that says, what can I do or what do I got to give? be a Christian that Lord that's the wrong way and I pray for those this morning Lord that 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 tries to work for salvation or to or to to just to just to do enough to have you on their side that they'll totally surrender and that they'll have blessed assurance of their salvation and Lord, I, I pray for the rest of us that, that uh, perhaps we're on the fence of really, of really surrendering every aspect of our life. We're saved, but, but, but we haven't grown to the point of that we can surrender, surrender um, that need for security and, and, to, and, and for service and for, and for mission and for your agenda. We really haven't really come all the way in and to be in the church and to, to share in the gospel to be in a witness with people. Lord, I pray this morning that those will make that cognitive um, effort this morning to call you King of Kings and to surrender everything to you this morning. 
Lord, I pray for our building program. I pray for the city of Decatur as we're trying to still get our our our, uh, our permits and, and just with with the monies and with the pricing, with the contractor, God, that you'll just show up and show off in a great way. And that, Lord, that you'll use us to to build your church, that you'll work through us and we'll, we'll happily receive that responsibility. Lord, we love you and we give you praise in all things. In Jesus' name, amen. Stand with me. Just an attitude.